behold, I stand at the door and knock. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Will you let me in? So we can have intimate fellowship in the secret place. So we can share intimate knowledge with you. He shouts his truths, but he whispers his secrets. There is no higher life than being a laid down lover. You know why we're laid down? Because we're under the apple tree. The tree of prophetic promises. We've learned how to feast on his love. We've learned how to feast on his joy. We've learned how to feast on his peace. We've learned how to eat his word. We love his strong meat. We love his strong mixed wine. And we're intoxicated on Jesus Christ. Who are we? <laughs> we are the bride of Christ. Song of Songs 6-1 in the Passion. O rarest of beauty, where then has your lover gone? We long to see him too. Where may we find him? We will follow you as you seek after him. My lover has gone down into his garden of delight, the place where his spices grow, to feast with those pure in heart. I know we shall find him there. He is within me. I am his garden of delight. I have him fully, and now he fully has me. Oh, my beloved, you are lovely. When I see you in your beauty, I see a radiant city where we will dwell as one. More pleasing than any pleasure, more delightful than any delight, you have ravished my heart stealing away my strength to resist you. Even hosts of angels stand in awe of you. Turn your eyes from me. I can't take it anymore. I can't resist the passion of these eyes that I adore. Overpowered by a glance, my ravished heart undone, held captive by your love, I am truly overcome. For your undying devotion to me is the most yielded sacrifice. The shining of your spirit shows how you have taken my truth to become balanced and complete. Your beautiful blushing cheeks reveal how real your passion is for me, even hidden behind your veil of humility. I could have chosen any from among the vast multitude of royal ones who follow me, but one is my beloved dove, unrivaled in beauty. Without equal, beyond compare, the perfect one, the favorite one. Others see your beauty and sing of your joy. Brides and queens chant your praise. How blessed is she! Look at you now, arising as the day spring of the dawn, fair as the shining moon, bright and brilliant as the sun in all its strength, astonishing to behold as the majestic army waving banners of victory. I decided to go down to the valley streams 
where the orchards of the king grow and mature. I long to know if hearts were opening. Are the budding vines blooming with new growth? Has their springtime of passionate love arrived? Then, suddenly, my longings transported me. My divine desire brought me next to my beloved prince. Sitting with him in his royal chariot, we were lifted up together. Come back, return to us, O maiden of his majesty. Dance for us as we gaze upon your beauty. Why would you seek a mere Shulamite like me? Why would you want to see my dance of love? Because you dance so gracefully, as though you dance with angels. <laughs> it's the time of falling in love. Yeah, falling in love with Jesus, but also falling in love with each other. The greatest glory is the glory of unity. There God commands His blessing, even life forevermore. Psalms 133. There is nothing higher. On earth as it is in heaven is living in that glory of unity. We shall arise together, bride of Christ. Every member of the anointing. It's not a member of theology. It's not a member of creed. It's not a member of doctrine. It's a member of divine love. Who is the bride of Christ? Those who have received God's love. That's the only mark that, that shows and reveals that you're actually saved. That you've received and drunk His love. And you go through all kinds of stuff that we've read in the previous five chapters. You deal with all the world. You deal with all your own problems. You deal with all your own insecurities and fears and shortfallings. You deal with others and you start comparison. And it's all part of maturing in love. All of it. It's all beautiful. It's a beautiful love story. It's messy, but it's super, super beautiful. And the Father thoroughly enjoys seeing everyone grow in love. Even in the times when you're dark and you're like, don't look at me, I'm so dark and full of sin. Don't look in that area of my life, Lord Jesus. And we're trying to hide areas of our life from the Lord Jesus as if He doesn't already see them. We try to hide behind the veil of the flesh. Our mind and our consciousness on the curse side of the veil, on the curse side of the cross, of where? The skull. <sighs> bringing the consciousness of self, bringing all the secrets and desires, all the lusts, all the passions, all the greed, all the materialism, all the idolatry that we hide behind our own skulls and burning it through the cross and bringing it into the glory of God. We shall arise together. Amen. That's what it means. Sacrificing everything of this world to go into the glory of God through the skull. Amen. Through the cross of Christ crucified. And what passes over? Your consciousness. And then you are sealed in your consciousness with the name of the Father, Son, and New Jerusalem, because you live out of that realm through the crucifixion of your own soul in awareness and consciousness in the glory realm. We shall arise together. 
the bride of Christ will rise as she sees all the goodness of the glory of God and even the demonstration of more mature lovers in the glory realm that have learned through life's lessons, teaching all the brides-to-be the ways of divine love, the ways of the glory realm, the ways of eternity, the ways of heaven, so that everyone can rise into heaven through the portal of the cross, or you could say, through the portal of your renewed mind, since you've passed through the skull, and now your skull is the portal into heaven so that everyone who brings the message of the good news is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And those that receive those words, their mind, their consciousness, their awareness, their spirit and soul passes through the word into the kingdom of heaven. That's what's so power about, powerful about the new covenant. Every person is a priest once they have revelation of the cross, once they know how to bring people through the cross into the glory of Jesus. Amen. Once they have sacrificed all their own immorality and idolatry, which is all the sin that's in the world, that's all that's in the world, two things. The book of Revelation says there's only two things in the world. Not three, not four, two. Idolatry and immorality. That's what Revelation says. Jesus Christ only saw two stumbling blocks to everyone ascending into the glory cloud. Idolatry and immorality. The lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh, immorality, the pride of life, idolatry. It is so simple. That's all you sacrifice. And it's all the ability to provide for yourself, to take care of yourself. It's all of the denying of God and Christ in your own spirit. Living cut off from your spirit where God lives, for God is spirit. It's living cut off from realizing the glory or not wanting to realize the glory and to keep all the idolatry and immorality outside of the glory of God and not offering it to the glory of God as sacrifice. Staying in sin after you're born again. Clinging to demons and altars of demons and, and serving gods that are no gods at all but are demons. And we've all done it, and we've learned through what we suffer to no longer serve demons, to no longer serve anything of the external realm of the lie and the curse of the fall. Not serving anything in the second heavens, not serving anything in the earth, but serving Christ in us, for we have realized the glory. And we have intimate knowledge of how the glory operates now through our own bodies, the temples of the glory of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. The knowledge of the glory shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea by the crucifixion of Christian souls and a full surrender to Christ already in their spiritual stomachs. We just needed to sacrifice more of self for more of Christ. <laughs> we just needed to decrease and He needed to increase. It's not complicated stuff. It's only sacrificial of the place of the skull. The place of the skull is an altar. Jerusalem is an altar to this very day, to this very moment. And every man and woman and child decides if they'll bring their skull to Skull Hill and pass their mind into the kingdom of heaven. And those that do, spend eternity with Jesus. Those that don't, spend eternity with the gods that they served in the natural dimension. Because you'll send, spend eternity with whatever god that your mind served. 
Whatever you yield your consciousness to, that's your God. Whatever you yield your mind, will, and emotions to, that's what your soul serves. That's your real God. So if you want your real God to be Jesus, you need to get to know Him intimately on the inside of your own spiritual stomach. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters, but of this He spoke of the Holy Spirit. John 7.38 Amen. So it's time to sacrifice self. It's time to get real. It's time to return to the river. It's time to fall in love with the river. For the river is love. The Holy Spirit loves you, but He loves you like a perfect father. He doesn't love lust. He doesn't love pride. He doesn't love deception. He hates deception. So people misunderstand the Holy Spirit you know, more than they misunderstand anything else. Because the Holy Spirit hates all the sins in the world. He hates the lust of the eyes. He hates the lust of the flesh. He hates the pride of life. I mean, the Holy Spirit's a mighty warrior. The Holy Spirit's fire. The Holy Spirit's our vengeance. That's what it says in the New Testament. The Holy Spirit is your vengeance. He's your avenger. Okay, he's not just a nice gentle dove. Sometimes he's a furnace burning people to ashes, killing Ananias and Sapphira, and shooting them into hell. Okay? So you got to really grow up from the little, little nice little puppy dog Holy Spirit to furnace seven blazing torches. We're running a kingdom here. We're running a kingdom. The violent take it by force. It's time to mature as a warrior bride. Time to understand everything going on in the universe clearly with revelation light shining through your whole heart and brain out of divine intimacy with Jesus Christ. Amen. And start to use the overcomer's gifts. Start to smash the nations to pieces like pottery as it is written. Start to use the light of the morning star to be the light of the world that you already are, but you're in false humility and you're like pretending to be humble by not letting all the glory shine. Jesus Christ said, let your light be seen. Let your light shine so that people can see. If you're not revealing the glory of God to people, you're not letting them see. You're not doing them a service. That's false humility. The religious demon doesn't want you to reveal your glory. Doesn't want you to reveal your inner man filled up with oil, filled up with wine, filled up with the power of God, filled up with all the power of the resurrection of the dead outflowing through our bodies. Oh, that's not humble. You're being prideful by demonstrating so much power, by so much authority, dominion, and might. You're being prideful, says every blaspheming religious spirit of hell. It's time to get all that false humility dealt with in our own souls and stop backing down to the intimidation of Jezebel who tells you you're operating in false humility when you start to get confident in, in the Spirit, when you start to wake up and realize who you are in Christ, no longer backing down to the lies of the enemy, especially the religious lies when they're revealed. Because the religious lies are the most deceptive of all. White lies. White snakes. Oh, it's not, it's the truth, right? Because that's what a white lie is. That's what the white magic and, of Jannies and Jambres represents. It's the knowledge of good. That's what white lies are. The knowledge of good. White lies, meaning it's true. It is true. It's factual. It is absolutely true, but there's no life in it. There's no glory in it. There's no freedom in it. God's not even in that truth. A word spoken out of season. It's a lie. It's a lie. A word spoken out of season is a lie. If it's not a living word, it's a lie. Satan only tempted Christ with, with Scripture. He said, 
If you are the Son of God, throw yourself off from the temple. As it is written, the angels will protect you so you don't dash your foot against the stone. Satan tempted Jesus Christ only with white lies. Satan only tempted Jesus with the knowledge of good. He did not tempt him once with the knowledge of evil. How many of us are still eating out of Satan's hand the knowledge of good and wondering why there's problems and not of the fullness of the glory cloud in my life because we're not even eating from the correct tree. It's not even the tree of life. It's still the tree of Satan's knowledge about God, the tree of theology, the tree of doctrine, the tree about God instead of the intimate knowledge of knowing him on the inside in the spirit. The tree of life is revelatory. The tree of life is revelation, light, intimacy, growing in intimacy in a substance of fire and glory on the inside of you until it takes over your whole body and you're wrapped in the armor of light, wrapped in the armor of God, raptured in divine ecstasy. Amen. But the tree of knowledge doesn't have any of it and condemns anyone that actually eats from the tree of life as a heretic, a false prophet, and a liar. It's always been that way. That's Cain and Abel's story to this very moment of everyone who has been intimate with the Lord, like Abel, and everyone that's just offered fake external sacrifice to the Lord, like Cain. It's exactly how it is. You got those who serve Him externally, that are the race of Cain, and you got those who serve Him internally, that are the race of Abel, that are the race of Christ, the seed line of Jesus is alive and active. And we will take over this world by force, enforcing our overcomer's gifts. We will not be de denied our inheritance. Ask and you shall receive the inheritance of the nations. It is written. And all of the works of Cain, saying serve him externally and don't know him internally, is what has slowed us down from the promises in our lives. This thing is coming down, the principality of Cain, today. Amen. It's interesting. A lot of us have been dealing with so much spiritual warfare. And, you know, it's been really sweet for me for the last month or so, just getting so deep into the love realm and growing in intimacy, glory, and levels I've never experienced before. And it's just been absolutely the best season of my life. But a lot of people aren't in that level of glory because they haven't started in the joy glory like we did 11 years ago. We were in the joy glory and growing in the, the love glory, growing in the peace glory, growing in, the, and now we're growing in the unity glory. And so everyone's dealing with so much warfare as they're entering the glory because no demon can enter the glory because that's the sacrifice of the place of the skull, entering the glory. The thick, rich presence is the entering of the kingdom itself. So every little snake in your interior castle says, no, don't do it. And then they'll manifest something in the natural realm, accidents and all this stuff, or false lying signs and wonders to confirm that going into the glory is demonic and that's a false prophet. I've seen that thousands of times. Jezebel's a, a false form of Christianity and it's a principality and a covering that deceives millions of people on planet Earth. So she'll give you all kinds of lying dreams, lying visions. I mean, she has all of the same stuff as Elijah. It's Elijah. I mean, you see the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah. They would consistently copycat the real prophets. The false prophets would do the same lying signs and wonders as the real prophets and the real signs and wonders. You see with Jannes and Jambres throwing their staffs down. Moses throws his staff down. It represents the ability of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is sorcery of the second heaven's sons that fell from heaven. 
and also the tree of life's ability with the third heaven that's never had a bad day. The third heaven is the tree of life. The second heaven, or the natural light of the gnosis of the brain, is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so they're warring against each other, and it's a showdown of the ages, the maturity of the times, the climax of the ages, the maturity of the, both the seed lines of Cain and Abel, of internal intimacy and external religiosity. Those are the two trees in the garden, pure and simple. And they, you know, and religiosity hates intimacy, hates the true glory of God, hates the anointing, hates the tree of life, because that's the realm of one-third of the angels that fell from heaven. Serving God externally, any God, including Jesus, externally, is Cain. That's still tree of knowledge activity. Even after you ask Jesus into your spirit, come into my heart, Lord, and he came into your spirit, and then you serve him as an external form, that's Galatians 3.1 Bewitchment. You still go back into the tree of the knowledge of good and evil captivity after you're born again, which is what 99% of Christians have done in modern time, times because of the situation here called the end times and the great tribulation. And we're coming out of all of it. Those who feast in the secret place of divine intimacy on the inside will get so enriched and powerful and divine love that it will expose all the works of the devil. That's why the persecution's been so intense towards our ministry for 11 years, because we expose that they're actually serving the devil. Anyone who serves an outside Jesus serves the devil. It's true. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it is 100% accurate. And it will be completely revealed in the days ahead. The problem is most of you still in mixture, some of you completely, serve the devil. Some of you are intimate, know him on the inside, but actually it's very rare amongst Christians that they know him on the inside. Very few have Colossians 1.27 realize the glory of Christ in their belly and have a clean conscience for their mind to drink from the kingdom realm within instead of the satanic realm of he who's in the world. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. 1 John 4.4 4. I mean, How many Christians have really realized that verse fully and started living out of he who's in you? and knowing He who's in you, and growing up in He who's in you, and constantly sacrificing the places you hide behind your conscience, and just trusting Him to burn the veil and to heal the areas of our mind that are so damaged by our own sin and rebellion and disobedience. So you have to be bold to boldly approach the throne of grace. It's like taking your promised land. The throne of grace is in your belly. After you're born again, yes, the kingdom of heaven came into your belly. So what, it, what the boldness is now is sacrificing your mind and cleansing your conscience from all the death of externalism and going down into the secret place and knowing Him in the stairway of your own heart, which is your connection and portal into the third heaven. It's the secret place and the stairway to heaven. Jacob's ladder was an internal manifestation through his own spirit into the third heaven. It's the, it, there was a stairway in the temple of Solomon that brought you right up into the on top of the second floor into the third heaven that only the priest knew about behind the holy holies there was a stairway that would take you right up onto the top of the temple that's the stairway Jacob's ladder that's the stairway in your heart of having Christ in you and having intimate knowledge and revelation and wisdom of God living on the inside of you and your spirit goes all the way and your mind goes all the way into the throne of God and you know Him face to face on the inside of the temples of the Holy Spirit, your human bodies. And out of that relationship, 
the third strand DNA heals your other two strands and Ecclesiastes says a cord of three strands is not easily broken and that's how the pillar of light of the pillars of the kingdom age are manifest sons of God amen it's by those who have completely cleansed their conscience from all the sins in the world to bring their whole soul into the holy of holies already in them by constantly yielding the natural realm and going deeper and submitting more and sacrificing more and just scorning the shame for the joy that's set before him and going into the joy glory and going into the peace glory going into the intimacy glory having fellowship with him in the hidden place of the heart Revelation 3.20 and we're fellowshipping with him having intimacy with him getting to know him in his chambers that are filled with the glory cloud and that's how your soul gets glorified by knowing him face to face through your own spirit by self-sacrifice and by direct revelation Amen and then it all begins to overflow out your soul. And then your soul begins to manifest that realm of intimacy, the cloud-filled chamber of the third heaven, the Holy of Holies, the throne of God and the Lamb, and the river will come through everyone who's that intimate. And it'll begin to blast everyone's conscience around them. It'll manifest the seven spirits of God as seven blazing torches through all consciousness of humanity. And it will turn it into a sea of glass. It will burn and cleanse the conscience of mankind crystal clear and sparkling. Amen. I believe it's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of it done before Jesus returns. I don't know if it's complete work, because I don't know if humanity has the capabilities of a perfect work, but I tell you what, this bride will be operating as a priestly bride, as a high priest, <laughs> and as a judge, as a king, as everything Jesus Christ is, as the Son of God, before God, before Jesus Christ returns physically. Amen. He's coming back to a bride that's equally yoked with him with spiritual ability, that knows who she is, that has all the overcomer's gifts, that's been operating him and is ruling over the nations, for she has received her inheritance. Amen. And what is the inheritance? Everyone that receives the scraps off the table of the king and the queen. Jesus and the bride and all humanity will reap the benefits and that's what will produce a new earth and a new heavens where righteousness dwells through intimacy with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ and the bride completely risen from the dead the bride that's been feasting the bride that's manifested all the wisdom of the ages the bride that's stood up with the seven spirits of God as the seven pillars of her heart and has lifted up the curtain of the third heaven to fill the whole universe with glory. And we'll be ruling and reigning for a while before Jesus returns. Because we have to be equally yoked. It's, it's so important that you're equally yoked. And you can only do that through experience, ruling and reigning. Otherwise, you just come back to a child bride and be some kind of pedophile. <laughs> That's not funny. Yeah, it's truth anyhow. He wants a 33-year-old woman that's exactly like him spiritually, mentally, physically, and powerful. So powerful, without spot and wrinkle. The exact representation of God the Father. It's really a second Eve, the Bride of Christ. Humanity in its full redemption form through the Gospel is the second Eve, the Bride of Christ. The new Queen of Heaven, removing Jezebel and all the counterfeits removing all the witchcraft of religion, removing all the magic spells of every white lie of the serpent in the garden, and the glory just burning out 
all the damned and dead, and quickly removing all the wicked from all the influence of all the souls and the nations now, by the manifesting bride of Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If you'd like to give a love offering, you can donate at redletterman.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen.